Welcome to Love and Breathe. You don't hear that nasally thing? It's the way you get down. That's not how I get down. <laughs> Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love, love for self, love for others, love for your community, just growlers and growlers filled with bubbly, bubbly love. And you can refill them like every week. Every week. Or every couple weeks in the summer, sometimes every three I'm resident, yes. And I am road not taken, and neither of those things are true. Welcome to our uh, summer edition of uh, Love and Brief. So if, you've, if you're binging and it's like the middle of winter, just think very warm thoughts. Uh, but right now it's wicked hot, and uh, we've been going every two or three weeks um, as we've been traveling and doing summer things. So we're really excited, but... We're also kind of backed up on questions. Yeah. We're sitting on like 60 questions right now, which we're not going to answer today. Not all of them. But some of them. But some of them. So in Those lucky, lucky few. Those few questions that we can do. Um, and we actually have found a theme with several of our questions. And R&T, what is that theme? Work. It's all about work. We got four different questions about <laughs> work. <laughs> I thought you were going to say work. Instead, you started whistling. I was whistling. I've been working on the railroad. Oh, that's good. How about yeah. nine to five? Do you know that one? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't really How about whistle. You, you ain't got to go to work. Yeah, I know that one. How do you got to whistle that one? Okay. <clears throat> I can't. It's too fast. Wow. You can, though. International whistling champion, 1993. Do you want to tell him? The cool fact about my whistling. Don't bother looking that up. It was a lie. Um, yeah. What is the cool fact about your whistling? Oh, you can, can only whistle in. In. You don't whistle out. That's right. I'm the other way. I cannot whistle in. That's, really? Yeah. No, that's crazy Just to me. Just pull air in. Oh, I guess I can. Yeah. And now you can double whistle. God, this is good it's like radio. It's double tonguing. <laughs> Ooh, it's getting sexy. No, that's a, that's, that's a music thing. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do tackle four questions about work and it's just R and T and I, um, because we've learned that when we do multiple questions, uh, time runs by pretty fast and we want to fit a few in. So and we have no friends and we have no friends. Um, and but if no you would, by the way, things. if you would like to be an expert, because all of us are experts in something, some kind of life experience. Um, shoot us a note. You can either get onto the FetLife Group, FetLife Group, which is the Love and Brief Podcast. Or you can get in the FetLife Groove if you want. Love and <laughs> Brief Podcast Group. Or you could even email us. You could. You could just send it to Love and Brief at gmail.com. Yep. So uh, if you want, if you're an expert on something, let us know. I keep a whole list of people who have a given life experience so that when that question comes up, I can call them. Now, mm -hmm. on to the questions. You ready? Put on your hard hats and punch in your time cards, friends, because this is the work episode of Love in Brief. Doom, doom. Here, why don't you step into my office, RNT? Oh. Let's welcome our listeners into our office and just right here through this large mahogany door. I'll just open this is it here. It's kind of sexy, actually. I'll just open. Here we go. Oh, there it is. Can you hear that? What can I do for you, Mr. Yes? That is a busy office environment. Well, I'd like you to read the first question, if you don't mind. All right. This one comes from Deepest Creation Pirate. I think that my kink has changed my professional life. I'm active in an artistic profession, and I remember how, as a teenager... I thought that my experience of being outside the box made me a person person with something to tell. 
I've understood that at least one of you is an is also an artist in some way or another. So do you think that your kink has been a part of the path of your life? And if so, how? Oh, I love this question. I do too. Isn't that great? Oh, have you ever thought about to... this before? Yes. I've talked with people a about lot. This. Yeah. Also, which one of us is the artist? Oh, I think probably they were referring to you. What? Yeah. But you're the musician. Well, okay, so tell them about what your training is. Uh, as a photographer and a writer. Mm-hmm. And yours is as a musician and a writer. Yes, yeah, so we both uh, went to school and for writing. And a videographer and a photographer. <laughs> well, no, I never had any training in those last two things. I just made it up. Oh. But we've both worked in professions where part of my job is as a writer, as a creative, Mm -hmm. and part of her job is as a photographer. It's true. And so both of us ended up in an artistic profession. But the question I'll take even a little bit more broad, which is, has it influenced your profession at all? So whether you're artistic or not, yeah. Is it possible that your kink has influenced your profession? What do you think? Do you think your kink had an influence on your profession? Oh, 100%. In what way? Um, specifically my experience in kink. So um, finding my love of um, being submissive really helped me seek out a role. Like I was the owner of my own business for a while and it was really difficult for me and I sort of tapped into my soul and I think just through my experience in the kink world I got to reflect on how happy I was in a submissive role and I took a submissive role at a company Mm -hmm. or at least I'm kind of an underling and did you find that that fit better for you yes I am so happy like I'm self-realized and happy which is nice Mm. um, I think it also kind of influenced my love of um for a while, my my work was in fashion, and it sort of influenced my love of fashion. Oh, say more about that. I think um, I was very much and very much a person outside of like not super in touch with my body. Hmm. But um, as I explored my my um, as I began to explore my body through kink, I began to really tap into um, my sort of relationship to all things around me, including clothes and, uh, the way we wear things. And so it made me more of a successful, um, fashion photographer. And that was really good. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you, if you were at Capcom, uh, this year, um, the winner of the Capcom talent show was a fashion artist, somebody who designed an outfit that represented their inner kinky self sort of brought to life. And I absolutely think it was one of the most incredible displays of uh, kink-rendered artistic talent I think I've ever seen. I loved that. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for me, so I'm not a professional musician, I just do it for fun. But my day job um, is, uh, as, a, as a creative um, and, a lot, and a writer, is a, being a huge part of my job. It's not all of it, but it's a big part of it. And... I would absolutely say that it has been influenced by my kink, and specifically, here's how. So to do really good writing that is intended to compel other people, there is a, an inherent humility in that, because you have to be willing and able to put yourself in the shoes of another person who may look a lot different than you, and their lives may be a lot different than yours. And being a kinkster, um, builds into me, or I think did build into me, 
a natural desire to see the strangeness in everybody and the uniqueness in everybody. And I, I sort of fell in love at a very early age with how unique and multifaceted human beings are. And it was that that led me into a profession where all I do is sort of investigate the, the nature of people and then write for them and create things for them that I think will compel them. And if I didn't have that sort of humility and curiosity and sort of base level respect for the diversity of the human experience, I don't think I would have chosen this profession. Um, and it abs I can tell you, I've thought about this a million times, absolutely comes from recognizing that I myself am multifaceted and that I have all this weirdness about me. And I deeply believe that so does everybody else. It may not be a kink, but everybody's weird. Oh, yes. And I love that. I think it sort of made us very accepting of everyone else's weird, not everyone else's, but a lot of other people's weirdness. Yeah. And, and oh for me, God, it made me right. curious about it. I wanted more of it. Yeah. I want to see in what way you're weird because I'm weird too. Absolutely. So I love this question. And by the way, I've run this by other friends who are in artistic professions, and they also love it. Um, and they also have seen the connection in their professions. And I imagine people in non-artistic professions might tell you some of the same things. Maybe not everybody. But I don't know how, I don't know how you could separate your path in life from your kink. It seems mm -hmm. like it's just sort of built in there. I will say, um, just as a final thought, that whenever I was first sort of exploding into the professional world um, in college when I started to intern and when I started to take small jobs, that my being different, knowing that I was different, made me take chances because I was like thinking, oh, why can't I just do what everybody else is doing? And I thought, look, you're already not like everybody else you've already kind of got a right. weird thing going on you got to find your own way so why not take the chance that feels right because mm -hmm. i'd been following what felt right about myself for so long yeah that i was like this is what i'm gonna do it made you a risk taker of it, it made me a risk taker yeah. and i ended up staying with kinky friends while i was taking those risks and i think that that was like it's just influenced my life so much it's the reason i slept on a recliner for a month in brooklyn when I was 19 That's or true. 20, I mean, Brooklyn is, and England and all over the place, kink, you met up with kinky people. Kink is just people. given such wings to my, the ambitions I already had, which That's is so beautiful. Good. Well, thank you for that. So hopefully deepest creation pirate that helps address your question. I hope so. I hope so too. So this brings us to our second question, which comes to us from anonymous on Tumblr. And this one is about being unemployed as a kinkster. So here's how it goes. Hi, love and brief folks. I have a hard question. I'm living with my partner. We're both ABDLs and I'm unemployed. I've been looking for work for a while and my partner is very supportive. I can contribute to household expenses, but this fucking sucks. I currently feel undeserving of age play and little space due to feeling like a quote failed adult on the vanilla front. I find it more difficult to ask for what I want and need as a little. And being a big to them brings on major imposter syndrome, again, because of the whole failed adult feeling. I know my situation isn't the most common, but I also know these are tough economic times, and that's a common struggle for couples everywhere, kinky or no. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom? This is a tough situation, and you're right, it is common. And it's a great, and it's a great question. It's, 
I, I imagine you're right, R.Y. I, I bet a lot of people are feeling the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I've got close friends who have been unemployed for quite some time. They just can't quite find the right thing. More importantly, as I, I think I want to address this kind of imposter syndrome, this mm. sort of failed adult thing, and the impact that it can have on your sense of being deserving of age play. Yeah. And I think actually... Um I don't know, Anonymous, if it's helpful, but my guess is that these feelings would exist either way and that a lot of people feel them and that you're not alone. My guess is that you would probably feel like you couldn't ask for what you needed or like you couldn't assert yourself outside of your kink. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know, you, I know that this brings an extra level to it, but um, just know that a lot of people encounter this and... It's okay. Uh, yeah. And I just want to validate your feeling too, that I get that it spills over into your kink life. Like mm-hmm. I know that you are deserving of love and that you are deserving of, uh, the kind of relationship that you want. Um, that, or, or at least, um, you know, finding that magic with your partner. But I also know that when I have been in periods of feeling like a failure in one form or another, I had a really hard time mustering that too. Mm. So I get it. And one of the things that we know about human sexuality is that it doesn't, as much as we'd like it to, it doesn't stay isolated to the little uh, jar of sexuality in our brains, that it all ties together with identity and sense of safety and sense of well-being. And in that identity side, there we have a lot of cultural stories about how you ought to be, right? So if you're a big then you're probably successful and a provider. Or if you're little, that you're earning your right to receive something, right? These are cultural stories we tell. Um, And they're pervasive and they work their way all the way into our medullas. I'm going to push back a little bit on those stories, though. Um, What I'm hearing from you, and I think this is wonderful, is that you have a loving, supportive partner with whom you share a kink. And um, in my experience, there is no better time to experience that love and support than when you're feeling down and when things are kind of striking out for you. And that's an amazing time for your partner to be able to offer you access to the things that don't make you feel like a failure. Um, And it sounds like your partner is offering that. If I'm reading the note right, it sounds like the sense of failure is more in you and it's not coming from your partner. Um, And if that's the case, I wonder if there's a way for you to say, hey, um, to yourself, maybe to your partner, but I I am really bummed out about how this unemployment thing is going. I feel like I'm not getting the traction that I want. And it's one of the reasons I'm so glad that I can make traction in other ways in my life, because the world out there that isn't hiring me or isn't saying yes or is even discriminating, um, that I can't control. But what I can control and I've always been good at is making connection with you. And I'd really like to do that. To come from a place of uh, positivity and encouragement about what you know about yourself, your sexuality, and your partner might give you a little reminder of the things that you can control and how you can show up in your areas of strength. I agree. Um... At first I thought I might not have anything to say about this question because I I don't know how to fix this. This seems very difficult. Um, But I think you're right, R.Y. And I think 
Um, your partner probably, if you have a relationship where you guys switch and it looks like you do, probably really cherishes both the little side of you and what you bring to that little space and the big side of you and what you bring to that big space. And my guess is that having successful encounters with your partner might feel like a small success and might even give you the confidence that you need to really sort of revamp your your search or revamp just how you're feeling about yourself. And I hope it does. Yeah, me too. And just remember that your, your, what's in, in your control is your capacity to show love. And um, whether or not even anybody receives it well, which it sounds like your partner does, but you can say, hey, look, if I, if I can't control whether or not I get that yes or I get that letter back or that interview, I can flex this kinky side and show love and turn somebody on today. And that to me feels pretty good. So I hope that's helpful, Anonymous Tumbly. R&T, you <laughs> want to read our next one? Yeah, I do. This is a, this is a, it's kind of connected to the fourth one. It's a, this is a real fun one. Okay. From at S-E-A Diaper Boy. Is it C Diaper Boy? It could be. Oh. Otherwise known as Baby B. On Tumblr. On Tumblr. Um, the question is this. I have a question for the podcast. I am a DL and very, and I've recently discovered a coworker's ABDL themed account on Instagram. <gasps> no way. Do I say something? Just start following them and see what happens. Leave it alone entirely. Thanks in advance for any insight, baby B. Wow. So, I love this question. We have a we have a friend, a couple of friends actually, who uh -huh. have discovered their own family members, uh -huh. uh, FetLife profiles or Instagram accounts, and they've run into this very thing. Did we did we glean any wisdom from them? What did they do about it? I think that they might know, like they might have shared it. Like they, they might they have told their yeah. their family member. How'd it go? I don't recall. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be very helpful, baby B. But I I know that they I know that they know. I don't know if the other people know that they know. Do they know that they know that they know? Oh, I don't know. Baby B, don't just start following them and see what happens. That is the only thing that I will say you do not do. That is a <laughs> very, very unfortunate, like... <gasps> moment on that other person's part when they're like, oh my God, oh my God, is that so-and-so from accounting or is that so-and-so from payroll? Right. Like, is payroll and accounting, are they the same? No, not necessarily. Okay. Well then, that stands. Okay. Don't just start following them and see what happens. That's a very, very funny thing to do for a sitcom, but I think in real life it might cause a severe panic. I mean, essentially you'd just be doubling your anxiety because now you have it and they have it. And nobody's talking about it. And nobody's talking to anybody and things are going to get weird. And if you see that person in the elevator. I, so, you know, I mean, the three, the three options were, do I say something, start following them and see what happens or leave it alone entirely. And here's what I'd say. Yeah. Don't do the middle thing. Although it's very tempting. It's sort of, it's sort of like a passive way to sort of, you know, maybe evoke a conversation, but it's also going to be a way to terrify the pants off the other person. What you can do and yourself and yourself. Um, if you don't do anything, then um, you might carry around the knowledge, but you don't know that they know about you. So at this point, you have respectfully declined to voyeur them, right? So you've you've 
you've accidentally peeked inside their front window and went, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't know. And then you've declined to peek in any further, which I think is probably a pretty good move. I will say, if you have a relationship, and it's the kind of relationship, the kind of friendship that would evolve to a conversation like that, that's different. I have friends that I've shared my kink with, but I didn't do it because I accidentally stumbled on their Tumblr. I did it because it was a, or their Instagram, it was a moment that our friendship had evolved to the point where it made sense to do so. Um, so if this is a person that you connect with anyway and you want to become friends and hang out, that's great. But I would pay attention to the question, is this a friend or is this just another ABDL who by pure dumb luck happens to work in my building? If it's that second thing, um, my advice would be go, hey, neat for them and then, and then walk right by that window. I have to agree. Um, I would say you have to ask yourself because it's a work environment and it can get really sticky. How discreet is this person? How safe is this person? How sane is this person? If you do something at work, like because I know people at work have to disagree with each other sometimes. If you do something at work to irritate this person, is your secret still going to be safe? Are you still going to feel safe? Um, I think there's a lot of risk in telling a coworker. I mean, you don't want to compromise your integrity in any way at mm-hmm. work. Um, but I do think there is some sort of strange itch that you might feel. So just like RY said, feel it out. See how you feel about this person and then go from there. I think each situation would be very individual. I don't think at work, at my work, that I would share if I'd found someone's kink profile. But I think it's just the type of work environment I have. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. That it's possible this other person might not be safe for you, right? Right. And just, again, you're just two humans who happen to work in the same building. That says nothing about whether or not they're trustworthy. Well, and imagine, imagine if you have to make a decision and that person says anything along the lines of a threat of, well, I know things about you. Right, that, right, right. And that wouldn't be great. Yeah. I mean, you just don't want anybody who's a little bit off kilter. And I'm not suggesting that this person is, but you just want to be sure yeah. before you engage in something so intimate with anyone else. I think that's a great word. So this is a very similar, our fourth question is very similar, but slightly nuanced. So this was an anonymous uh, person on FetLife. Can you get all the anonymouses? I know, I did. The anonymi. All the anonymi. So um, it's a little bit of a longer uh, note, so I'll summarize, although it is a delightful note. Um, So this person has a mutual friend, and they bonded over a life experience together. And in that bonding moment, the person mentioned being kinky. And so... Because the other person mentioned it, our question asker mentioned, I'm kinky Mm. too. So it it turns out then they end up working at the same place. They actually sit at the, basically at the same desk. They share a space. They're around each other a lot. And the other person really wants to get to know this question asker better, to be friends. And the question asker is kind of freaking out because that's scary because this other person knows they have a kink and what happens if she wants to talk about it and what if I tell what it is and this person is somebody I work with but they, mm. they're also a friend how do I handle this and um, the question asker says even the thought of talking to my coworker about ABDL is to put it mildly bleh. <laughs> but if she asks about my community am I supposed to withhold that or even lie 
Um, <laughs> and my favorite <laughs> way is the way the person ended the question, which is, so seriously, L-I-B, what in the blistering ball sack of Satan do I do here? <laughs> I love this, and I, I want to be friends. Um, so I w- I'm going to follow a similar tack here with a little bit of a twist, mm-hmm. which is, I do think if you're already friends, there's no reason to nuke the friendship because you're both kinky. But you may want to decide um, at what level of friendship do you feel comfortable sharing more? Because this person's a coworker, um, there's a little bit more at risk. So it may be that your standard for sharing this part of this specific kink might be a bit higher than if it were with, let's say, your next door neighbor or even a, another close friend, mm-hmm. because what's at risk is a bit higher. Um, now, odds are good. Most people don't get in giant fights and get outed at work, but some people do. So it's possible. But we had one of them on our show. I know. We did, and it was bad. Yeah. Um, so I would say just pay attention to your own boundaries. And please, this is us saying you, you have the universe's permission to not tell her and not lie. It is totally fair to say, I, I just really don't really want to discuss my kink at that depth. But I hear you, I'm kinky too. And so I actually have a friend like this. I have a friend who says, I'm kinky too. And that's where it stops. And it's clear to me that this person doesn't want to share any more about that. And we're still very close friends. In fact, even saying that was divulging. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. And then that's the end. Um, You can set up that boundary and that will actually, I think, give you freedom to be closer friends because it's clear that you know how to practice safe boundaries. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different road. Not taken. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go ahead and take the road not taken here. Um, the road less traveled. So, uh, question asker, I have been in this position before and more often than not, when you are a very kinky person and someone tells you they are kinky, they are telling you something very different. I have encountered more often than not that whenever I say, oh, I'm kinky too. What are you into? People say, oh, spanking. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be tied up. I like handcuffs. Mm-hmm. I have a fuzzy pair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. That's absolutely We're talking kinky. About two different worlds That's here, absolutely baby. kinky, but I'm talking about stuff you can't buy at Hustler. Yeah. Um, and your friend might not be um, deep, deep, deep into the world of dark kink or, you know, deep, deep, deep into the snuggly pillow of light kink like we are. Um, but what I have chosen to do in the past and what you might consider doing is letting your friend divulge a little and matching her. So if she says something as intimate as I have handcuffs, you say things like, my partner likes it when I wear cute socks. Like you don't go very, very deep if they're not going very, very deep because it's just sort of matching the level of understanding that your friend has for the kink Mm -hmm. world. Because whenever, if I said, I'm kinky, I like handcuffs. And someone said, me too. I like sucking the blood of my enemies and masturbating over them as they die. I'd be like, oh, that's a lot bigger. Two very different things. That's a big thing. Yeah. So I think just... It's neat that that was the first place your brain went. Ah, 
why is that the first place <laughs> I'm right now? I don't know, but I dig it. It's a dark, dark place in there yeah. right now. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is uh, don't be too afraid just because she said she's kinky. That means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For all you know, she could get off to having f- food rubbed all over her. It could be something completely different and the conversation could go a completely different way. I say just match her. And whenever you don't feel comfortable anymore, you say what I told my best friend for the first five years of our relationship. One day I will tell you, but I'm not ready and it has nothing to do with you. There you go. And that's all. And then when you tell them or you don't tell them, it's that beautiful. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm there. Just as long as you know, there's no obligation. So I say match, but there's no obligation to go beyond your level of comfort. No, absolutely not. So even if, if your friend comes out and says the thing about masturbating over the fallen, um, you can go, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. And you have this awesome thing. Um, and then your friend says, okay, tell me yours. And you could say, oh, I'm just, I'm not there. Um, but I just, I can identify with feeling different or, you know what I mean? It's okay to not divulge. And, it, you know, if that's a trust issue, then it's a trust issue. But I would rather be friends with people who know their boundaries than I would with people who Absolutely. go in too deep and then regret it. Absolutely. Please remember, even if you don't share to say, I'm not going to share with you, but I just want to say thank you so much for trusting me. Yeah. Don't make them feel like cool, but I'm not going to tell you now yeah. because then it the, becomes uncomfortable. The big question on their mind, at least every time I've ever shared with somebody is, am I still loved and accepted? And you yeah. go, yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just think thank you for sharing. your kink is awesome and you're awesome. Yeah. Well, we got through four. Yeah, we did. Four work theme ones. You ready to go back out of this busy office? Wait, did we go to work? Huh? We did go to work. You ain't got to go to work. Did we work nine what? to five? Oh my God. I see where this is going. You ain't got to go to work. Let me just open this this large mahogany door again and walk back out into the quiet, quiet hallway. Oh, Your nine that's... o'clock is here, Mister Yes. Oh, I got I got to run. My uh, secretary just paged me. But if you want to be a part of Love and Brief and you want to submit your own question, there's three ways to do it. We talked about the top of the show, but I'll tell you again here. You can write to us at loveandbrief at gmail.com. You can go to our FetLife group, that is the Love in Brief podcast group. Or you can send it to us on Instagram, and I am Resonant Yes on Instagram. Also, just a friendly reminder that every episode of Love and Brief is transcribed by our friend Valentily. So if you know uh, somebody who might benefit from being able to read the show, either instead of or in addition to listening to it, or you are one of those folks, just go to transcripts. Transcripts. <laughs> we Just go to transcripts.loveinbriefpodcast.com, and that will get you right to the whole collection of transcripts. Aren't anything else we should say? Mr. Yes. Yes. Your wife says she brought an egg salad sandwich for your lunch. She's waiting in the lobby. Oh, I'm not going to be late for that. Okay, I got to run, friends. This has been the all work summer edition of Love in Brief. (laughs) 